everyone, and welcome to the Orange Catholic Foundation's Business and Ethics Series. My name is Rand Sperry. I am CEO of Sperry Equities and Sperry Commercial, a, a national real estate firm. And always with me is my co-host for this program and also fellow co-chair of the Conference on Business and Ethics, Randy Redwitz. And Randy is the CEO of, Randy Red, of Redwitz and Company CPAs, and they're the largest independent CPA firm here in Orange County. And uh, today we have a really special guest. It's Father Bao Tai, and he uh, is the new director of the Christ Cathedral. Very exciting. Congratulations on that, which makes him the second priest to serve as the cathedral's rector and the fourth Vietnamese American rector of a cathedral in the United States. Wow, that's pretty impressive. And he it looks so young, young, too. It's just a... <laughs> Thank you. So, Father, I'll give you a little bit of information on him. Father was born in Saigon, Vietnam, and moved to the U.S. with his family in 1993. He holds a bachelor's degree in computer science from Saigon University, a bachelor's in philosophy from Mount Angel Seminary in Oregon, and a master of divinity and master of arts in spiritual theology from St. John Sem Seminary in Camarillo, California. He also holds a light... Licenses. Oh, okay. Sorry, I haven't seen that word before. <laughs> of sacred theology and spirituality from the Pontifical University of St. Thomas Aquinas in Rome. Father Bao, uh, who was first ordained in 2003 and has served in several positions throughout the Diocese of Orange, which we can talk about later, uh, is on the board of the Orange Catholic Foundation. He served two terms on the Diocese Priest Personnel Board and was instrumental as an advisory board member of the July 2021 dedication of the Christ Cathedral, Our Lady of Levain Shrine. So welcome to the program, Father Bao. Great to have you. Yes, welcome, Father. Thank you, and he hello, everyone. I'm very blessed uh, to be here uh, with uh, two of you and with everyone listening to this uh, uh, series. Good, good. Well, Father, I have a first question for you. Um, can you give us a little background and share your vocation story with us? And um, um, your, your credentials are amazing. Um, I was in the seminary for my college years and went to St. John's Seminary College. Um, but share your background with us. That'd be wonderful. Sure. Uh, first of all, I was born not into a Christian family. My mom and my dad, uh, both, uh, they are, we can say that at that time, uh, were pagan. Uh, and the majority for Vietnamese, um, we can say that religious, that is the ancestor veneration. So we venerate our ancestor who have gone before us. And there's a connection between the ancestors and God, the creator. So that's, that's all. That's all. And um, I am the youngest of five. Uh, and my mom, my dad, we all in Saigon at that time. I was born in 1970. Now you can do how young I am. <laughs> then 1979, I was only nine years old. And uh, there was a lot of things happening uh, in Saigon, in the whole country after the Vietnam War ended. The Vietnam War ended in April 30th, 1975. So this is only four years after that. And I got a disease and I got sick. And also my mom uh, took me to the hospital 
and then the doctor denied uh, treatment. Uh, and this is, we call it dengue fever. Uh, it with, with the mosquito bite, uh, dengue fever. So, and then my mom turned to God and asking God to heal me through the intersection of Mary, Mother Mary, Our Lady of Fatima. And then as soon as soon as my mom um, prayed to Mary, prayed to God and the doctor say, okay, uh, um, your son, where your son? And then my mom uh, took me to the doctor again. And then um, since then uh, she didn't know that, uh, what did they do to me? So I was healed. I was completely healed because before that I was near death. And um, so my mom took uh, um, all of us to the church to become Catholics. At the, uh, right after I was healed, I, I, I was back to the normal life. Right. And later on, yes, at the same year, same year, it was in the August 15, the feast day of the Assumption of our Mother Mary into heaven. So uh, that's what I said, was nine years old and we whole family became Catholic. Uh, my dad was not there, I will explain to you why. So the very first time that I believe that God calling me uh, to join his priesthood vocation, it's be, uh, first that to become Catholic first. So we, we all became Catholic in uh, 1979. Now, um, then five years, uh, eight years later, my, my dad returned home from the communist uh, uh, prison. Uh, the communists took over the whole country. So therefore, uh, my, da my dad was in the military in the South. Uh, he yeah. is the airborne and he's a paratrooper and his rank is major in the paratrooper. So he was captured during the Vietnam War and then he was in the prison. And when he returned home, he also became Catholic. Uh, we went to the same church, uh, the same priest who baptized my mom and my siblings. And then this priest also baptized my dad. Now, at the year that he was baptized, that 1985, so this is the punchline to answer your question. That was the background. So 1985, I was 15 years old. I was in, in sophomore in high school. And with, with the fact that my dad became Catholic and I was at the church, the same church, everything. So I wish that day, uh, during his baptism ceremony, I just say out loud, uh, I also whisper in my heart that I really want to become a priest at the, at the boy of uh, 18 years old. And the reason behind that, because now my dad became Catholic, my whole family became Catholic, and we're so blessed that we are Catholics all, and we go to Mass together. So that was my dream, because my dad was in the prison, and I have seven years, eight years absence uh, uh, the presence of my dad. So I wish that whole family now got together and became Catholic, go to church together. So, and I say, wow. I, I say to, to, to God that I really want to imitate that priest, the priest who baptized my family. So now I want to imitate him to baptize God's people, to bring God's people to the church. That's it. It's very simple, very innocent. Uh, as, a, as a 15 years old boy, uh, I didn't know that uh, become a priest one day, have to be a pastor to take care of the parish, to do fundraising, uh, licking or lighting, all kinds of things. So, and that's over 15 years old. But the second time that God calling me uh, right after I finished high school, 
I finished high school for three years later at the age of 18. Yep. And then it, it was, it was on 1988. And it was on the day June 19. It, why? Because that day, St. John Paul II canonized the Vietnamese holy martyrs. The very yeah. first time in the history of the church and particularly for the Vietnamese Catholic church. So we now have the, uh, the, the martyrs. So I, at 18 years old, I saw a track to this canonization, but I didn't know who are they. So I got the book, so I read. So among 117 Vietnamese holy martyrs to be canonized by St. John Paul II that time. So there were 22 foreigners, 22 foreigners. They came from Spain and from France. They arrived in China and they from China, they entered into Vietnam. And 19, I'm sorry, in 1533, 1533. So that, that began the evangelization in the soil of Vietnam. And so this, this canonization attracted me so, I mean, so much. So I learned the history of the, these uh, evangelizers, or we can say that evangelists or um, uh, missionaries. And because of them, I know the faith, I know Catholicism. They sacrifice their life, they die for the faith. Those 22 from Spain and from France. So really admire me, besides Vietnamese, besides indigenous Vietnamese. So finally, I just say that to God, I say, I really want to follow the step as the token of thanksgiving to God. So I just, in 18 years old boy, and then after graduate from high school, I just say, now I just go imitate the, the martyrs. Uh, so that's it. How do my vocation strongly as the uh, the teenager and then the at uh, the high school and the young adult? Yes. Father, that's very dramatic and very impressive. I mean, it's not many people have that type of life changing experience in order to get to the priesthood. That's that's incredible. Randy, I think we could make a movie out of this. I mean, yeah, I know. <laughs> it's I think a phenomenal so. story. I, I, you threw me back here. I didn't expect. I thought it'd be a simple question and a simple answer. <laughs> <laughs> a background. The background is it's make a beautiful story. It, it, it does. Beautiful. It's just wonderful. Uh, uh, amazing. And you don't look fifty-two. Yeah, I thought you were in your early 40s, not your early 50s. <laughs> so good for you. Look at Randy. He doesn't even have any uh, gray hair. No, that's, not that's at all. Two or three years does that after uh, you yeah, being after director you, at the cathedral. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we'll come back and do a do a follow up visit here. <laughs> and, so, then, and, and then this is the before, and so that we yeah. three years later and after. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. exactly. So you know, I was thinking, um, you, you obviously have no gray hair, and yet you were a pastor during the pandemic. Yes. Uh, is it Saint Cecilia's? Is that yes. where you were? Okay. And, um, you know, what were some of the challenges that you faced as a pastor during that uh, time and, and how did you overcome it? It's so nice to talk about it in the past now. Yes. But, yes. But just curious how, as a pastor, you were able to deal with that. I have several, I, I, I don't want to say that a lot, but I think I make the major challenges as the pastor at the, during the time of pandemic, the very first thing for me, it was the act of furlough, to furlough all our employees. 
as the pastor and the, especially Christian and Catholic, I mean, to do that is very tough, very tough. Yeah. And not, not only one parish, but uh, God's providence for me in the, uh, the point of, at that time, Bishop Ben appointed me to be the pro tem, like temporary administrator at another parish, La Parisima in Orange. Oh. So I have two parishes during the oh. pandemic. Oh. Yeah, and I, 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 I have to do two acts uh, at the furlough here, all the employees from at my, at my uh, main parish up in St. Cecilia, but at the same time, I have to do everything also at La Parisina. It's very tough. So I can say that the very, very tough one, the challenging uh, to talk with the, uh, 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 the employees, explain to them the difficulty, and of course, the reason that we, we do the furlough because no mass, because no, no, no one allowed to go to mass. So with no mass, no collection, no donation. So the church, we, we live our life based on donation. If we don't have a donation, how can we, we pay our employee? So that's why we have to do that. So I say that two coins of the one side, uh, two sides of the one coin that uh, the mass cancel as a Catholic, we always have mass, we always have mass. So now first time ever in our life, in our life that there's no, no parishioners, no mass at all. And then, and then because of that, it affects to the follow and, and to let go our employees, uh, uh, majority our employees, we only keep them. So I, I say that first, uh, two things, um, um, the mass, uh, uh, no attendance, and then also the follow. But beside that, another challenge is that um, because this is the new, the, the new, the new, uh, I mean, for our last hundred years, the pandemic, uh, and then, I mean, we don't know what's going on with this virus, COVID-19. So, so we have to go with, uh, with every single day to adjust to the new, uh, new guidance uh, from the CDC. So therefore, we, we, we change it all the time. Like, uh, we don't have masks, and then, uh, that, yes, you, we can do masks, and then we have live stream. <laughs> we never have that live stream uh, 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 before, so we have to we have to adjust to this, and we have to connect to the live stream, to the YouTube, to the Facebook, to every channel, and then and then and then after that we have um, we open the mass to uh, ten people, from from zero to ten people, and to the fifty people, to the hundred, indoor, outdoor, outdoor, and indoor, and mass are all all the things. I mean, to me right now, I mean after that we say it's fun. But at that time, it was not fun at all. <laughs> no. So, and so no. As, I see that's, that's it, the things. And then also uh, another challenge in the parishioners also uh, calling us or email us, what next, what next, what next? So, so to this, we, can, uh, we don't know the answer. So we totally, it's new, the new virus. So everything is going on the same page, on the same, on the same boat. Of, of this pandemic. So I say, I say that is challenging. Uh, but uh, we overcome this with the grace of God. We overcome, of course, everything with the grace of God, with, uh, with the, the, the love of the people who now, um, since uh, no mass, no collection, so we increase the online giving the online donation. So that's how that's we, we have more and then we can survive on this. And then um, with, with, with the generosity of the people, with their prayer. So gradually, gradually, uh, the last challenging that I would like to, to say that now, a days I can jump ahead, that's the, we only have two thirds 
of the uh, of the numbers of the parishioner return to the church, we still have one third. But this is not only one parish, but it's uh, this is this is normal uh, become become a, a, um, um, a, a, a public survey in the, the church in U.S. And most dioceses also say that only one uh, one third still out there. So that could be included one third could be the people who die, or could be who retire, uh, or people who who now in the senior who avoid the vaccine. We don't know, but uh, but that's it. It could be it could be uh, a lot of them got used to doing online streaming yeah. mass, and yes. they they just didn't want to go back. Uh, yes, they're more comfortable. And I don't know how you could, uh, you don't have counts on your viewership, right? So you really don't know how many, I, I think, I, I don't know. Actually, actually, we, we do know. Uh, thank, you for that. thank you for that information. Yes, uh, you are very correct. Yes, the number of the attendance of mass are lower than in the past before pandemic, but the collection is rising. Oh, yeah. So that's, that's, right. that's, yes. yeah. so that's mean, the, you are right. People attend the mass online. And they still, uh, they still uh, have a commitment to, to, the, to the law with their tie. So, so they have that. Uh, we still have the online uh, uh, more than expected uh, than before pandemic. Yeah. Well, you know, I have to tell you that I cheat once in a while. Um, when, <laughs> <laughs> when, if, if, if I'm running late to, for church and I go, oh, my God, I'm going to be 10 minutes late. I, I put on, um, on my phone. I stream into the into the mass, so I hear the mass while I'm driving. Oh my goodness! <laughs> As opposed to not. <laughs> so sometimes you just I don't know don't get a good start in the morning on Sunday. <laughs> so, I, I, I I go, but it, I, this way I'm not missing the first ten minutes. You know, there you go. the first two readings. I I don't have that privilege to do that because I have to do the mass. <laughs> That's very but, true. But, oh but similarly, I do that for the rosary. Yeah, uh, sometimes uh, I do the rosary when I'm driving or, or I know that my schedule is busy. And you know the priest, we do the uh, liturgy of the hour. We have to say the morning prayer, uh, noon prayer, evening prayer, night prayer. So, so I turn on that. Uh, that that's <laughs> what I do. <laughs> this is a public confession. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yep. so, Father, uh, so Father, after, after running two parishes, during the pandemic, the cathedral should be a piece of cake for you. <laughs> <laughs> you, I, I'm hum, humbly, I, I, I would like to say that I, I don't know, but uh, I, uh, I, uh, I would like to say that Bishop Van and his Episcopal Council, those who with him, so they recognize that. They, re I believe that they recognize uh, my uh, my gift in the administration with the with the two parishes at the, at the same time. And then uh, I think I think that that, that is the the key to uh, ask me uh, to appoint me to be the um, uh, the director for Christ Cathedral. What, um, what what do you hope to accomplish in say the first year? The first year that, uh, first of all, um, very, very simple and very easy. Everything that Father Christopher Smith, uh, the, um, the retired director, has laid out for the cathedral parish. So I would love to continue to carry on, especially for the last 10 years that we bought the, uh, the, the cathedral in 2012. 
and now 2020, and together with with, with Father Christopher Smith, with everyone uh, for for I mean, uh, you, you know that already. Be so beautiful, beautiful. I mean, the, the, the inside and the outside, and then and then the parishioners there. I mean, the vibrant community. Uh, we have four Vietnamese masses on the weekend, three in English and th and three in Spanish. That means ten, and we wow. have one more in Chinese. In oh Chinese. So we have 11, 11 masses on the weekend, Saturday night and then uh, the whole Sunday. And according to Father Christopher Smith, that uh, we, uh, we have uh, about 11,000 people attend mass on the weekend. Wow. Amazing. So I hope that <laughs> I hope that with, with, with my leadership under the guidance of Bishop Van, because he's the pastor of Cathedral and the rector. So so with with his guidance and with, with, with love that the people for Father Christopher Smith and for, for the church. So I continue to carry on that. And I, I would I hope that the people also those who have not returning and now now returning and also the, the laity. Uh, with, with, with an ethnic parish, diversity uh, of parish there, we together, work together with me. Uh, I'm very blessed to have um, Father Juan Navarro, uh, Spanish-speaking priest, and with Father Quinn, he's a Vietnamese, and uh, speaking Vietnamese and English, with three of us, and with the help of, uh, um, we call it Bishop team, like Bishop uh, Van, Bishop Fire, Bishop Nguyen, and with, with other priests, so with this, we can continue to, to, to make uh, the parish, uh, cathedral parish, a place for Christ forever. Fantastic. Well, wonderful. wonderful aspiration. You know, as we're going through this, uh, it seems like that uh, you, you might be overqualified for this position. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I'm really glad we're doing this so that people could understand your background and uh, learn why you were selected, because it's very clear to me after this why they selected you to be the, the next cathedral. I mean, you're, you're going to do a fantastic totally agree with you're you, fantastic job. Fantastic. Totally. Uh, so, so the last question is, how can we, the laity, help you during your first year as rector of the Christ Cathedral? As a lady, I would love to, I would love this, uh, for, because usually at the parish, we have two councils. We have the finance council and we have a parish council. So I would love that. Uh, I, I don't know because, because, uh, so, because I'm still learning, but for me that um, I have one, the, uh, the um, I, I have a phone, call, I think. The, um, the lady that I, I will continue that, uh, uh, all the members in the finance councils and all the members in the pastoral councils, we work together with me and then we will plan for a vision. Usually at the parish, I always do that uh, for the vision, for example, the first year vision or a near future vision or the far future vision, like first year, three years and six years because the bishop assigned me uh, for, for one term for six years. So that's how, how I will approach to that. And the pastoral council is also uh, including all the ethnic as well, like Filipino community, like uh, Spanish uh, community, speaking community. Uh, we also have Chinese there and the Vietnamese as well. So we, uh, of course, that I, my first time ever meet the staff and then also share with the staff that the vision uh, for the parish, that this vision, we came from collective wisdom from the laity. 
That's mean the two representatives from the two councils. So that's how 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 I will act on that. Uh, with 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 the with the council, they will see how the ministry, how the outreach ministry, or all the activities of the parish. But at the same time, we also check with the finance council if we do have the money to do that or not, or, 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 or like that. So you, you see, it's, it's normal. It's a, I see the parish as, an, as a very normal run in the family. Um, the, the husband and the wife talking to each other, and one will, will always say, oh, we want to do this, and the other one say, do we have the money? And who will do it? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So Perfect. yeah, I guess there's a lot of collective wisdom within the lady of, of the Christ Cathedral that you can... Uh, leverage. So that, that's really good. In fact, as you mentioned that, um, I think it'd be a good idea for you to come visit our board. We, we meet quarterly, the Facility Corp board. Uh, it's Christ Catholic Cathedral Facility Corp. That would be a good idea, Rand. Yeah, we yeah. meet all the board members there. And, uh, you know, they're, they're outside. None of them, I think, are, are members of that parish. But uh, just a lot of us, as we said, we know where the bones are buried or whatever. Uh, so, so we can help you perhaps in that as well. May May I ask, is that the is that the quad C? No, it's not the quad C. Oh, okay. no, no, it's it's the, that's the operating part of the cathedral, the day to day operations, and we're we're the ownership of it. We're like the landlord, and they're the tenant. Got it. Got it. Thank you for the clarification. Okay. Yeah. but you should probably you probably have attended the quad C perhaps, or you know no, I don't, people. I don't believe Father has, um, can, no. but I'm, I'm on that uh, <clears throat> oh, okay. the, um, committee, so yeah. uh, board, I guess. And so I, I would invite you certainly, Father, for that too. Yeah. Um, yes, yes. Uh -huh. And also, also speaking of laity, one, one more aspect, uh, very blessed that the Bishop Van continued to appoint Father Christopher Smith as the um, we call the Episcopal Vicar for the for the special projects, oh. meaning, for example, we have the um, the lower level of Christ Cathedral, and the vision that to complete to complete the campus with the um, uh, to build the undercroft uh, with the with Saint Elizabeth Chapel and the crypt for the bishops and the and niche for the laity. Uh, so so that's in another project. And the Father Christopher continue with this to complete the, uh, the 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 campus. And if I don't make a mistake, one another a very small project that to have a canteen on the campus. Yeah. So 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 I I mean I don't I don't know yet, but I have a vision that. Um, you remember that the statue of Jesus walking on the water, and mm -hmm. then uh, and the small gallery, uh, the the old uh, sacristy, that old sacristy before, in that that can turn into the canteen, and yeah. because on the left side it was it it it, it is there a beautiful uh, kitchen, uh, a very oh. modern uh, kitchen. So so yeah. that we can turn that, and that the people like before or after or between masses, they have a tour around the cathedral, and then go to the gift shop in the culture center, and they, they stop by the canteen, sit out there outdoor, and look into the beautiful uh, uh, Jesus work on the water right there yeah. with the Tower of Hope. So that's a great place. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. it's a we have place. many events there, so I know there is a kitchen there somewhere because uh, I remember having a lot of a lot of things there. 
So, so that's it. That's it. I hope. I hope that with with the collective wisdom from the lady, and uh, I mean uh, with your uh, participation with us, cooperation with us there, I think uh, we will continue uh, not only to carry out the missions that Father uh, Christopher Smith had laid, but we can develop that, and then we bring more. We bring more. Uh, the OCS and events, activities for for the entire diocese to 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 be uh, uh, at Christ Cathedral campus. Great. Well, Father Bob, that kind of wraps up the the podcast uh, today, and we really appreciate you for being on. And I think Randy and I both uh, look forward to meeting you in person very soon. And thank you. Uh, thank you. Thank you for being anything, with us. Anything that Rand and I can do um, to help you and support you. I'm, I'm sure I speak for Rand. We'd, we'd love to be there to help you. Yeah. So. Glad to yeah. do it. And they, they have our phone number. So Yes, they do. <laughs> <laughs> and thank you so much. Thank you for everything that you have done for our diocese. And it's particularly for this, uh, we renovate and, and make a, a, a cathedral a place for Christ forever. Amen. Amen. Sure. Thank you. And thank bye you. for now. Thank <laughs> you.